See, we, we think our job is to build a rapport with people, have them like us, create rapport relationships with them, but that's all fake. They don't want to become your friend. They don't want to like you. They only want to trust you. Hey friends, it's Steve. Want to know how a $5 book lands a $5,000 client? I've recorded a 15 minute video showing you our magnetic author method. It's up now at magneticauthor.co slash video. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today we have got a dynamite interview for you. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. Um, I have been aware of uh, our guest and his particular expertise probably for at least the last decade. And uh, we got the opportunity to get connected through a mastermind group that we're both in here recently. And uh, here we are today. We're, uh, we're going to talk about sales and in particular uh, selling in uh, the new world of trust-based uh, sales where, uh, where trust really is the name of the game. So today I'm talking with uh, Ari Galper. He is the world's number one authority on trust-based selling, and he has been featured in CEO Magazine, Forbes, Inc. Inc. Uh, Magazine, Sky News, and the Australian Financial Review, and uh, really is, I think he's got a very unique approach to sales that I know is going to really resonate with the folks that that uh, tune into the podcast. So uh, I'm excited to to dive into it. So Ari, welcome. I'm excited uh, to have you here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you being around my world for such a long time. Yeah. So um, give everybody just a little bit of background, if you would, just so they've got some context for how you kind of became this authority on trust-based selling. Sure. So about 20 years ago, I was a sales manager in a software company, and we launched the first online website uh, data collection tools to collect uh, user behavior uh, on, on websites. This is old. This is a while back. Now it's called um, Google Analytics, and uh, people have probably heard of that before. But we launched the first product many years ago, and I was managing underneath me 18 salespeople at the time. Internet was just coming around. Websites were hot, and it was an exciting time. And uh, all the leads that came through our company, the large ones, came across my desk, and I got this one contact. And it was a big, big organization. You recognize them? They're a global business. And uh, so I got the lead, I called the contact back, we had a nice conversation. He agreed to a, a demo on a conference call to see our product. And uh, we scheduled time, uh, it was a Friday four o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, it was such a big opportunity that if I close this one sale, it would double the revenue in one, one opportunity. That's how big it was. So it was pretty exciting. The whole team's giving me high fives, like, you know, just relax guys, let, let, let me do this thing. And so I, I go in the conference room with my CEO and I close the door behind me. In the room's a big, long conference table. In the middle of the table is, you know, one of those corporate speaker phones with the three legs on it, kind of spaceship phones. And so uh, the time came and I dialed the number that he gave me and he picks it up, my contact, and he says, hey, Ari, hey, John, how's it going? Good. We had a quick chat. Then he says to me, Ari, let, me, let us share with you who's with us in the room today. And I was like, oh, okay. Didn't know there'd be someone else there. Next thing I hear is, my name is John. I'm CEO. I was like, wow, CEO. That's a good person to have on this call. Uh, my name is Mike. I'm head of IT. Oh, this is even better. My name is Julie. I'm head of global marketing. This is even better. I mean, everybody on this phone call was basically a decision maker, right? This is a call we hope to get as often as possible because they're all there. And so I then introduced myself, then begin a live, give a live web demo uh, on one of their websites. We add some tools and collected some information and shown this to them in real time and kind of showing them, describing what we do and how the technology works. And I start hearing this noise on the phone call, like, wow, this is great. This is amazing. I can't believe we can see this information. 
And they start asking me all kinds of questions. You know, how does it work? How do we install it? How does the technology work? And I had all the answers. I was competent technically and <clears throat> I was building rapport with them. I was taught to do by the sales gurus, had the books at home, sees in my car. I mean, there was so much chemistry on this phone call, Steve. It was like a love fest on the phone. It, it just, it was just like, it felt so right. There was zero resistance. They were excited. I was doing my, my best that I could. And it was so great. And the hour goes by, they're excited about everything. And my contact says to me, Ari, we love it. This is great. Give us a call in a couple of weeks, follow up with us and we'll move this thing forward. I said to myself, oh, thank you, God. What, what a perfect ending for a sales call, you know? It was such a big opportunity. So I said my goodbyes and uh, as I'm reaching for, taking my arm and my hand to reach for the phone in the middle of the table, hit the off button on a speakerphone. I'm reaching for that off button. As I reach for that off button, but by complete accident, almost divine intervention, my thumb hit the mute button instead of the off button. They were like right next to each other. So I kind of just slipped and hit the wrong button and a small click happened and they thought I hung up the phone. So in that split second, the voice inside of me said, Ari, go to the dark side, be a fly in the wall, <laughs> listen in, you got nothing to lose, go where no one's ever gone before in the sales world. And I was like, wow, maybe I will. So I, I pulled my thumb back for a couple of seconds. They started talking amongst themselves, thinking I had left the call. Now, not, not a trick question, but what you might you imagine they would say after a call like that, given it was, it was pretty good for everybody. What would you imagine the expected thing would be for us to hear? I'm, I'm sure they were talking about when they could get started and how awesome it was going to be, solves all their problems, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you would absolutely expect that to be after an hour of a call like that. But let me tell you what they said verbatim, word for word. I'll never forget it until we're all here today. What they said was this. They said, we're not going to go with him. Keep using him for more information and make sure we shop someplace else cheaper. <laughs> Knife in heart twist steve i was in a state of shock i mean I, I just like what and i and i just sort of broke out of that moment and i hit the off button i looked at the wall and i said to myself what did i do wrong i was competent i was professional i was friendly but rapport i did everything i was supposed to do as a salesperson trained by all the gurus and the books and the cds and all that and back then and and the first big epiphany hit me and you can tell me if you agree with me this or not that somewhere along the way it has become socially acceptable not to tell the truth to people who sell oh, without a right? doubt yeah it's okay to say things like sounds good send me information oh we're definitely what we're definitely interested okay. yeah without having any intention at all of buying mm -hmm. and i asked myself why is this dysfunctional relationship happening? Why is there all these smoke and mirrors going on? And I realized at that moment, there is an invisible river of this sort of pressure that flows underneath your pre-sale process in a, in a dialogue with people who aren't comfortable with you yet and are putting their guard up, only giving you just enough for you to feel like they're interested. And then we get caught up in chasing people and we get rejected. We're wondering why this is so difficult. And I realized if you can, if I could figure out a way to shift the whole game and shift the whole mindset away from the end goal of the sale and focus on just unpacking this, the pressure and diffusing it and building enough trust with people at a one-on-one -on -one basis, an authentic way with people, give them some space for vulnerability to be open with you as a human being, then what you'll get with people 
is the truth of where they stand. And I realize the truth is more valuable than trying to go get the sale because if you try to go up the sale, you end up playing the numbers game. And that became my whole unlock the game kind of premise revolution for the last 20 years with thousands of people now who have really adopted this, this way of thinking and, and shifted their, their, their model away from the traditional thinking uh, spot around the end goal and really building trust, which ironically 10x is sales. And we'll talk more about that as we get into this. Well, I, I think for most people listening, this is kind of music to their ears, right? So, you know, we tend to attract people who are really expert at what they do, um, but they may not have gone into the business world thinking they were gonna be a professional salesperson, right? Um, and then they get out and they realize, well, I've gotta be able to sell on all sorts of levels, whether that's inside the organization or I've gotta be able to sell to, you know, potential clients to, to pay the bills. Um, and, you know, I can tell you what my journey was like. I went to a sales trainer, I started learning a script. Um, I mean, this is going back 20 or 25 years now, you know, and I did stuff that I thought was really uncomfortable and Adam, at least for me, way outside what I thought was, uh, you know, something that I wanted to do. So I think this will this will be really uh, eye-opening for folks. Well, that's the plan is to major, do a major mindset shift today with everybody. So for, for somebody who has kind of this, um, you know, the traditional view of sale, sales and selling that we've all been taught by all the books and the seminars and all of that. Where do you begin to shift that mindset? What, what do you start with? Well, you really start with kind of what I say, cleaning out your old mental hard drive, your conditioning, your brainwashing of what you believe selling is all about. If we do that first, clean out the hard drive, then we can put some new software in there and kind of help people upgrade a bit as a metaphor. But let's walk through some of the common myths that you probably heard of in your career and others have as well like one myth is this that sales is a numbers game i'm sure you heard that before as well mostly everyone has and that comes from the whole concept that the more contacts you make the more opportunities you get at the end well we discovered in this economy now it's not about how many contacts you make anymore it's about how deep you go on each conversation how good you are at trust building, not how many, how good you are at your networks and number of people you talk to every single day, all that number measurement no longer has value because the real measurement is your ability to connect with people. That's number one. Number two is this concept that the sale is lost at the end of the process. I'm sure you've been there before where you had a deal pending, it looked positive, all the boxes were ticked, green light, it's gonna come through at the end, just kind of just disappears on you. You know what I'm talking about, it just doesn't come in. And you say to yourself, well, I, I, I don't, they're like, perfect. What did we do wrong? I, I don't get it. Well, you know, we figured out, we figured out the sales not lost anymore at the end of the process. The sales now lost at the beginning of the process. And I'll show you right now in kind of a fun way. If someone calls your office tomorrow morning and you hear, hi, my name is, I'm with, we are a, what goes through your mind in about three seconds? Sales call. It's over at hello. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that your people or visitors are always doing outbound calls, but I will suggest to make the case today that many of your professionals who are listening right now are losing their opportunities, not at the end of their process. They're losing it at the beginning of their process because trust wasn't built enough in the beginning. And the last really myth we'll talk about here is the idea of rejection. The rejection is part of the game. That comes from the, that comes from the old sales manager who said, hey, if you can't take a no, if you can't get back out there, if you aren't have a thick skin, if you can't take a, a knock here and there, you're not made for success. 
I came from the guy who got beat up so much. That's he. That's his mindset. He'd been abused, you know. So we 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 discovered, believe it or not, the rejection actually is triggered by certain things you say and do unconsciously that causes the other person to push back on you. And now you're caught in dysfunctional, dehumanizing process of chasing people. And I'm going to unpack that today and really help people get out of that place, which I'm on a mission to help change. Yeah, I think, um, you know, knowing a bit about your process and having studied some of it, for everybody listening, I mean, this is it really is a, a complete shift from anything you that you've ever been taught. And I you know, I haven't read every book on sales, but I've read an awful lot of them. And Ari, we didn't talk about this before, but I kind of started my career in engineering and owned an engineering company and, you know, was selling services that nobody really wanted to buy, but they had to buy them, right? And when you then apply some of those selling techniques, it, it just completely turns you into somebody who's untrustworthy. And so, I mean, I found out really quickly that like a closing script, is no good whatsoever, right? So where do we go from here? If we know what the myths are, how do we begin to sort of, you know, unpack what we've been taught and head in a new direction? Sure, so the, the next level now to make this practical and usable is to kind of chat a bit about the, the, the principles behind our system of philosophy. And I'm gonna also provide your listeners with some insights today and some ideas they can action right away. So we invented our own, what we call trust-based languaging our own words and phrases to use that replace scripts that are robotic and artificial and provide natural languaging that agenda and trigger trust naturally between two people. And we'll do a live scenario right now, but the, the core principle, number one, is the idea of always be diffusing pressure, always thinking about how can you remove the pressure from the process so they don't associate you with that negative sales stereotype of someone here trying to make the sale. So let's do an example, a classic scenario. Let's say you're on a phone call with someone, a good opportunity, a potential client, and it's going well. You can tell they're they're qualified, good opportunity, and the call kind of comes to a close. Normally, in a moment like that, most of us are trained when we sense an opportunity to attempt to move them where forward, we move them ahead, right? Exactly. That's that's where that's what selling is supposed to be—a linear process towards the end. So we say things like, "Hey, how about we have a cup of coffee? How about we meet up again?" How about I send you a proposal? How about, see, so we actively try and move them to a next step because we've been trained to move people down a linear uh, train track. But what happens if you try and move somebody forward from the beginning and they aren't ready yet? What do you break with them right there? Yeah, you, break, you break trust and, and you, you insert pressure into the whole situation. Correct. It's all unconscious, but we've been so conditioned to think like this. We do it every single day. And then you break it right there. So let's reverse, same scenario, but our thinking and our approach. Call is going well, good opportunity, fairly qualified, call comes to an end, rather than saying, hey, how about we move forward? What we say instead is this. We say, where do you think we should go from here? And I'll say it again. Where do you think we should go from here? so simple now how does how does that change the dynamic of the moment you're giving power back to the uh the other person to the prospect yeah yeah it's a shift and usually when we deliver it this way they're usually in a state of shock they can't believe somebody in business would actually ask them what they want to do it's unheard of it's such a shocking moment for them such a cathartic relief 
to see you're a human being. What usually what they usually say is, um, I, uh, I, I've got one more question, or I want to. All of a sudden, what comes out of nowhere is the truth, and that is the new goal in our process. Your goal is to uncover the truth, not to focus on the sale, because there is no sale if you don't know if they're fit with you or not. And that's the whole mental shift. It's detoxing from the old model of pulling somebody down a, a train track to the end to get your sale, but instead to build enough trust with somebody at the beginning of your model so they feel comfortable trusting you that, that you're not going to take what they give you to coerce them towards the end goal. And that's the whole shift there. And you'll notice that the, one of the triggers of rejection is languaging, the words that I used, right? Where do you think we should go from here is one thing. But the other thing that you may have noticed is the, the delivery of how I said that. If you notice, I, I delivered very slowly with pause and calm and a lower voice. Because sometimes what happens is in the heat of the moment, if we sense a good opportunity, we can't help ourselves, but we begin to kind of slowly speed up our voice. It's all unconscious. And that creates momentum. When you create momentum with somebody, what happens is the pressure goes up and the wall goes up. Now you're in this uh, situation where you have to fight the battle. So we purposely stay calm, lower our voice to allow uh, space to be created because when you create a space with someone, human nature is to enter that space. So when you say to somebody, I'm, you know, where, where do you think we should go from here? They feel comfortable trusting you to step in and tell you the truth. And I've got a whole language set around this mapped out by every single scenario you can ever imagine over the last 20 years that plugs up so many holes, you just be blown away. But if you're just listening to this call right now, just try this tomorrow morning with somebody and just say to them, where do you think we should go from here and be prepared to be shocked? Yeah, well, it's absolutely true. I mean, we we have applied that in our own sales conversations and it makes such a difference. And I, I think for for folks listening, I think something to, to really consider here is be conscious of how you feel and what happens internally to you when somebody just tries to move something you know forward maybe even just a little bit you know you go to the networking event and you you meet that person uh, we're not doing that a whole lot right now in the world but you know back in the day we did and they really wanted to rush to set up that coffee meeting or that lunch and you knew they kind of thought you you could uh, you know be a customer of theirs and you just felt a little uncomfortable and that's what we tend to create in other people, but we, when we're doing it, we don't see it. We think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm doing this for really good and, and right and just purposes. So it must be okay. Yeah. We, we actually, I call it sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. We do these behaviors that are unnatural because we've, we've been doing it for years and we're not aware of how we're being perceived on the end of the, of the communication. Mm -hmm. And this, this, by the way, this, this applies beyond just selling. This goes to relationships, kids, wives, husbands, partners, it's about trust-based communication, really. And, um, you know, we have a program around this where we help people uh, unpack their own thoughts so they can stay present with people and be in the moment and unpack their problems. So, so that, that's sort of the principle there. Let me give you one more. I think it'd be really good. The other one is the idea of what I call getting to the truth with people. Now, what that means is having the other person in your sales process, pre-sale, feel comfortable telling you where they stand upfront or every step of the way so you're not you're not guessing and and you're just being seduced down a path where you know may end up nowhere let me give you an example of this great example i recently had a call that came through my office got through my team got to me unscheduled 
I picked the phone up and I heard Mr. Galper. I said, yes. And uh, he says, my name is Sean Johnson, change the name. I'm with XYZ Company. It's a global business. Uh, we're looking at bringing in a thought leader to change our sales culture and our performance and upgrade our skill set. We're looking at you and two other people. We'd like to know, first of all, uh, why, why should we go with you? Uh, why are you the best? And give me your best sales pitch. Now, he's putting what on me? He's trying to, to put all the pressure on you and, and really force you to fit his, his agenda. He's playing the game. He's been programmed for years, but that's how the game works. He says jump, I say how high. You see, that's, that's the unconscious framework that he's still living in. And so he kind of called the wrong guy in the wrong part of the world. But <laughs> I, 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 took, I took, like I'm a human being too. It's a big company, like billion dollar company. And I took a deep breath. I got centered in my, in my mindset space. I lowered my voice, I paused, and I said this to him. I said, well, isn't that interesting? Then I said this, I said, over here, our company, we have a very similar process to you where we have a phase one, we ask them questions, gather information to see if we're a good fit. And if we're a good fit, then we said where to go from there. And I said to him, would you be open to that? Then there was dead silence in the phone, not a word, Steve. It was like, oh, geez, I lose him, you know? And it was, like, so it was very quiet. Then I felt this breath come across the phone, like a sigh of relief almost, like he just breathed. And he, I can tell he lowers his shoulders. He became like human again. He took his sales armor off and became a human being. And he lowers his voice. He lowers his voice. And he says to me slowly, he says, uh, okay, um, what kind of questions do you have for me? Next thing I know, we're in five minutes, we're having a normal conversation, like a normal chat back and forth without any more of these games. And I discover one, he's not a decision maker. Two, he has no budget. And three, he's just curious as to what I do. So we ended the call five minutes later, off he went to find more stuff of mine. And I hung up the phone. Now, what did my process just save me months of? Oh, tons of follow-up, I'm sure. Chasing, heartache, follow-up. Actually, this is drug in us bodies, in our body. It's latent. It's activated with inbound calls like that. You know what the drug is called? It's called hopium. <laughs> you know, <the> hopium <laughs> You know, you get that call like, oh, wow, I got the call. You go, your husband or wife, guess what? We're going to feed you. I got the phone call from the company. I'm waiting for you. You tell your team, guess what? I got you. And you're so excited. You're on this high because you got this phone call inbound because inbound does that for you sometimes like oh man i got the call you're so excited and then you call them back to follow up and you get their what you get their voicemail you're like what he's not he's not picking up then what do you do next you go to your computer and you, and you write an email you say hi i'm just writing you to what to follow up check in follow up yeah check in and i'm going to ask all your listeners right now to take a verbal oath of me to, to as if as of this listening to this call post Ari to never again use a phrase I'm about to give you the rest of your career ever again. And those have been in sales for a long time. This might hurt just a bit. So I'm going to ask all your listeners as of right now to never again use the phrase follow up ever again in their career. What's the only industry in the world that uses the word follow up? Sales. Sales. Hi, I'm calling to follow up to do what? To move things forward towards the sale. 
I mean, I, if I ever had them all raise their hand, your listeners, I'd say, how many of you have used the word follow up in the last few weeks? I'm sure every hand would go up. Who's written an email in the last couple of weeks saying, hi, I'm Ronnie. Follow. There's a few more classic ones. You said a couple, you said, I'm just checking in, or there's one more classic one, the touch base one. Remember the touch base one? Oh, you know, yeah. These are all classic sales terms from 1980s that we still use today that associate us with that stereotype that we aren't, we aren't even that, but we just, we're so conditioned with languaging like that. And so I've got a replacement for that. Of course, I replaced all sales languaging with our trust-based languaging to remove that stigma, the subconscious that you're not even where you're delivering to people and you're wondering why you're chasing people. It's, it's because of this one reason, but the replacement phrase for that is, I'm just giving you a call to see if you have any feedback on our previous conversation, any feedback on our proposal, any feedback, now, see, feedback's going backwards, away from the goal, not towards the goal. By saying feedback, you're moving the momentum. And by default, you'd be shocked when they start saying to you, well, actually, uh, yeah. And they start talking and talking and talking. You're like, oh, my God, like a dam opens up. You're like, what the heck? Because you did not attempt to move things forward. See, we're so conditioned and so wired. When we sense an opportunity, a referral, LinkedIn connection, or whatever, a lead coming inbound, we're like, yes, I got an opportunity. And then our whole body just shifts to this robotic mode. We just start to pursue and we chase. We have no mechanism or filter to stay centered and flush out who's a fit, who's not a fit. We just chase whatever looks like in front of us. And we end up playing that sales game that everybody hates. And then at some point we just detach away and go hide behind LinkedIn because we don't know what else to do. We hate the idea of selling. It's really a sad state to be with everyone right now because they don't, we're, we're, we don't know how to re-engage people again the way we used to. And my, my mission here is to help people detox and de-brainwash from that old way of thinking, upgrade your skill set to the modern age. Because if you're currently chasing prospects, you're playing the numbers game and you're having multiple phone calls, and they want to say things you like, I want to think about it, or send me a proposal, or let me contemplate it for a weekend, then you have done something wrong unconsciously. It's not your product, I promise you. It's not the price either. It's they don't trust you. See, what I discovered is they really don't care about how you solve their problem. What they care about is if you're the one to solve it or not. See, we think our job is to add value, show them what we do, provide information, impress them with the art and complexity of our solution, which is so amazingly fabulous. Now, we love what we do because why we can't wait to talk about it, but they don't care about anything about how you solve the problem. Now, they'll, they'll, they'll think, they'll tell you that they do, but the truth is all they're asking themselves the entire time is pre-sale, the entire time, do I trust him? So if you can detach from your solution, fall out of love of your solution and fall in love with the client's problems, like a doctor-patient relationship where you're the doctor to the patient, like doctors don't do coffee, right? Doctors don't go to LinkedIn. They don't, they don't like network and build rapport with people. They, they don't do all that stuff everybody hates. They just, with, with bedside manner, they, they, they focus on the client's problem, the patient's problem, and that provides a vulnerability moment and this is what I've mastered. I'm working on a new book right now called The One Call Sale, actually. 
where I've compressed the sales cycle down to one scheduled call to onboard somebody or disengage with them without any resistance at all. And that's my latest innovation. And it's been revolutionary for my clients who are used to multiple steps, multiple phone calls and chasing in between them at the end of it. And um, I'm hoping this is the bomb that wakes up the whole industry. Well, and I mean, if you think about the time that that saves and all the problems that it solves, no more follow up, even though we're not using that word anymore, no more looking for feedback, right? And the just the cognitive space that that open opportunity that you don't know what's going to happen with it. You know, I don't, I don't care how long you've been in business or how realistic you think you are. If there's an open opportunity on the board, there's a little bit of hope attached to that or hopium as you like to call it. Right. So if you can get to that point of one call close, right, you just eliminate all of that. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that, you know, about that process. Cause I think people are probably curious, okay, how do I actually get to the truth? Like, what do I need to, what are the magic words to unlock it? Right. And, um, and how do I know I'm there? Sure. I'll give you a quick synopsis of that now. So this, what I've developed is a, is a process and a system to be able to have a scheduled call with somebody and strip out the relationship part of it. See, we, we think our job is to build a rapport with people, have them like us, create rapport relations with them, but that's all fake. They don't want to become your friend. They don't want to like you. They only want to trust you. And I figured out that trust and relationships are mutually exclusive, meaning your job is to build a relationship with someone post-sale, not pre-sale. That's a huge, like, just wrench in the whole concept of selling because we've been taught when you meet somebody, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. A pleasure. Look, how's the kids? Hey, let's go golfing. Hey, a pleasure to meet you, by the way. Like we put all this, we lather in the relationship part of this, which they know is fake anyways. And so I'm giving permission to people to stop building relationships pre-sale, which is such a radical concept, but instead focus only on trust building. Now, how you do trust building is you only focus in on unpacking their problems at such a deep level where you amplify the issues for them, help them understand the impact of not solving it. And here's the definitive question to ask once you get there with them. The question is this, is this a priority for you to solve once and for all? Or are you happy to live with it for a while and let it go? And here it is. And I'm okay either way. Piece of cake. Sales over right there. And that's without even talking about your solution at all. No education, no free consulting. And I tell people, stop giving value. That's the dumbest thing in the world. Instead, replace it with clarity. All they want is clarity on their own problems. They don't want education and solutions from you pre-sale. We get in our own way all the time. We think, oh, I'm giving value. And, and we go home at night and tell our husband's wife, I had lots of great meetings. I get lots of value today. You feel so good. But they buy nothing from you because you know what? 
They don't need more information from you. The world's full of information of value. The value has become commoditized. It's everywhere. It's free. You know, it's almost like somewhere along the along the way, we've put this idea of giving value and of creating relationship um, and even of having a solution and, and pitching the solution in front when none of that really is that important until you've got enough trust that they'll buy from you. I mean, is that the, you know, the kind of fundamental? You're, you're right. And the metaphor of that is the doctor patient scenario, right? The patient goes to the doctor says, my shoulder hurts. He says, let me take a look. Is it here? Ah, oh, let me take a look at that. Oh yeah. I think you need to get an x-ray, maybe an ultrasound. If you can see inside to make sure I can understand what the source of that is before I can prescribe to you a solution or medicine, because I need to know that's that's ethically he can't do provide any solution until he fully understands the depth of the problem. Then he comes back and shows the X-ray. It says now I see what the problem is. You got this. You got you got this bruise. You got that. You got that. So I'd recommend that we do this. And he writes whatever he writes to you and do this, this, this. And then when he finishes with that, you walk out the door, and before you go to your car, you go to one more place. Do you know where you go next? You, you go to the front desk. You do one more last activity. You know what's his favorite? His favorite activity of all, yeah. of all? You get to write the check. You pay, yeah. you pay him, get this, before your problem solved. Now I've taken that medical model and just borrowed it and applied it to the one called sale framework and added in my IP and underneath that to make it all fluid, no resistance, natural. So it feels trust, it's all trust building, it's all authentic and you care about somebody. And when you wrap all this together in one little bucket, this is the formula that literally can change the world with so much commerce out there with people who are losing millions of dollars a year by chasing ghosts who never end up buying. Because what I discovered was that most people who sell have a pipeline, they only convert 10 to 20% if they're really good at this. And the rest of the 80% just kind of float, float away. I had a client last week, he sells farming equipment, expensive stuff. I said, how many leads do you get a month? He's about, about 30. Oh, okay. And, and how many do you normally convert? He says, usually about three. Um, I said, okay, so uh, of the remaining 27, uh, how many are qualified? He said, maybe 20. I said, so what happened to the 20? Dead silence. I said, if they are qualified, your conversion rate should be 100%. If it's not, you are the problem. And that was a real shock for him. And he's totally transformed now. He's, he's, he's out 75% with the one call sale because he's finally realized he's been porting over these habits from years of what he believes selling and accepting the numbers game as part of a normal way of doing business. See, for us, that's an odd concept and a strange concept of having to chase people and, and not converting people who aren't a good fit. Like it doesn't work and it doesn't, my brain doesn't work. I don't get that. But everyone else around me is like, well, that's just the way it goes. It's about volume and numbers. And that's how we, our business runs. We're doing great. I said, it's not about how much you're making. It's the 80% you're losing without a penny more in marketing. Get out of your own way. And that's how I talk to people in my sessions with them, like a bit of sales therapy. And they, they finally realize it's their own construct that limits them from actually knowing how to build trust with people they lost over the years. I'm hoping that I'm gonna bring that back. That's my mission.
Yeah, I think you're doing a good job of it. So, um, I, you know, just an observation, having been through all, all of the other approaches to selling, this approach is so much easier. It's almost, I don't want to say effortless because it requires some effort. You have to be present and focused and in the moment with the prospect to help them. Um, but you're not sitting there wondering what's the next line in the script and, oh, wait, they went in a different direction. And, you know, now where am I in the decision tree of what I'm supposed to say next? It just simplifies everything, I think, tremendously. And uh, I really encourage everybody that's listening, go go uh, check out Ari's stuff. He's got a, a great book called Unlock the Game and, and some great uh, programs online that help with this. Um, why, can you give them uh, maybe a, a website where they can go and find out more? Sure, yeah, just like it sounds, unlockthegame.com. And there's uh, my, my original Unlock the Sales Game book on there. There's a free intro course in there. Uh, and you can contact us for consulting or advice to, to analyze. We, we do like this uh, sort of trust x-ray process where we literally x-ray your, your pre-sale whole process and identify all the holes in it. That's all because of lack of trust. We can see it in the emails and in your writing. We can see it in the phone. I have a lot of my clients record their phone calls and they bring them to us and they play the calls with us. And we're like, oh my God, do you realize what you're doing here? I, I had a financial advisor who just recently came on board with us as a private client and I had him record a Zoom call that he was doing with, with a client, like the first call with a Zoom call, you know, because everyone's at home now. And he plays a Zoom thing for me on our session and he hits play. He's like, he's in his kitchen. He's drinking like, I don't know, a Coke. He's got a, a nice shirt on. He's like, how's it going? It's great. Yeah, look, how's, how's, LA, how's LA today? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Do you realize that you're treating Zoom like a phone booth and not a stage? You are a financial advisor. You want to move millions of dollars from their account to your account, and you're just like showing up and just rubbing shoulders to become their friends and they like you? I mean, come on. And I just shocked the heck out of this guy. And, he, and the next time I met with him, he showed me a new Zoom call. He's, he's got a whole, he's like, he's just changed everything. because. People are sleepwalking and showing up, caring with them, these old habits that are just killing their income and revenue and hurting someone else who they can't help. Well, I think that's the point here. I mean, the, the reason that we show up to do this uncomfortable thing called sales is so that we can deliver a solution to somebody that needs it and help them. And, you know, we need to be up to that game. And, uh, and I think that's important. So um, please give them the website one more time, Ari. Yeah, sure. It's unlockthegame.com, just like it sounds, unlockthegame.com. Perfect. And we'll link that in the show notes. Uh, this has been a real pleasure. I appreciate you coming and investing a little bit of time with me and, and sharing the methodology. I know it'll help a lot of people. That was fun. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.